This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence-driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Good afternoon. It's Jason Labram, and this is Financial Detox. I'm in studio with Alex Klingensmith, and we have a great show for you this week. Alex, why don't you let us know what the show's all about? <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Um, so our firm, Intelligence Driven Advisors, that's our wealth management firm, right? And, right. And we and we, we are the financial detox team at. There we go. Okay. And so the financial detox, that whole that whole message, that whole purpose, I, I believe, for financial detox is to act as a consumer advocate, right? To simplify yes. and detoxify all this. And so we participate, the wealth management firm participates in a nationwide study every year, yep. sometimes twice a year, actually. And it's a client survey. It's one of those annoying surveys you get, but ours is not annoying. Hopefully I not. think I think it's more, um, and we send it to all of our clients. So it's not something you'd get if you weren't a client. And we're asking quite a few questions around what, you know, why... What do you like about your experience with us and what do you not like and how can we improve and continue to pursue better for you? And so what we found is that there's a topic across the nation, 23,000 person sample size that do have advisors. These right. people do have advisors. They have, I believe for the most part, fee only full-time fiduciary advisors, yep, pretty much, probably a pretty close to accurate statement, right. which is what we are full-time fiduciary fee only. And so we feel it's near and dear to us. And so what they, one of the topics that was the most common amongst this entire survey study was the topic of performance. So today we are going to talk about this study and we're going to talk about performance. Yep. Because performance does matter. And we've also found that there are several situations where clients coming to our firm have said that their advisors completely and totally avoid the topic of performance. And in fact, here's a really good example. So my in-laws, all right, I manage money for my in-laws. Imagine that. And How's that what, going for you so far? It's going great. It's yeah. great. They're awesome. I wonder what their survey said. Um, <laughs> yeah, we should ask. But, you know, it was interesting because we talked so much about their financial plan and budgeting and all these kind of things. And my father-in-law came to me and said, hey, I want to have a discussion about performance. He literally said it. Like 23,000 other people. Like 23,000 other surveyed people said they want to have a discussion about performance. And I went, well, we always talk about performance. He goes, no, but I really want to get into the gritty. Like, what? why are we performing the way we are? Is it good? Is it bad? What are we comparing it to? Was this call last week? It was uh, before the the recent volatility yeah, before last week's you know seven hundred point decline. Okay, so it was it was great, and I said, well, of course we can, and we should, and so we spent a good more than half of our conversation talking about it, and it was refreshing for him to get kind of you know because because most of the time we are talking about the financial plan, so it was refreshing for him to get back into. You know, is my money working? And and basically the summary as it was, are you doing a good job for me? Am I making money? Yeah. Are you or making money or relative to the market and, and what's out there? And right. am I am I doing well? So it was a great question and I think a great topic for the show. So again, we're gonna talk about the truth about performance, why I'm 
performance matters. I think you're going to come out of this learning, you know, what is the right way to analyze your performance? Because there is a right way to look at performance and a wrong way. And uh, you're going to come out with how, how to properly compare to what type of benchmark or market do you compare your performance and also what to do if you're not meeting or exceeding your expectations from a performance standpoint. That sounds like a good show. It's going to be a great show. I want to hear what we have to say. I do too. What do we have to say? So here we go. Um, you know, so really here's, here's one of the things that I think, and, and as we, you know, start peeling back the layers to this onion, one of the things that I think is the most important and a bullet point on our sheet here is, is what is the market? And we talk about this a lot, but like, what is the market and are you performing versus the market? Is that even the right question? Because I think a financially toxic thought that most people have is that the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones or the NASDAQ or a combination of those three is the market. And it's not. It's a small piece of or it's a small segment of the market, but it is not the market. So if you're comparing your portfolio to the Dow, the S&P, or the NASDAQ, you should ha- hopefully you have a portfolio that is representative of those types of holdings. Well, pause, so let's pause accurate. there for one minute because what if your portfolio is literally a couple index funds that are the Dow and the S&P and the NASDAQ? Then that's you should all you compare have. right to that. That'd be a perfect comparison. So so point one is that that would be an apples to apples comparison. Point right. two, though, is that a properly diversified portfolio, even if you're supposed to be 100% stocks? Yeah, well, we would argue that no, you know, having a U.S. only large cap only portfolio would leave a lot of potential returns off the table for you. As you look back, and I don't have my matrix book in front of me, but as you look back, if you take from 1926 or 1928, the S&P 500 until last year, $1 turned into something like 7000 If you take in that, that asset class. same time, yeah. yeah, in the S&P 500 type oh, oh, of asset it. class in a large cap U.S., Growth. If you take the same dollar and invested it in small cap value stocks, so small companies that are more value tilted, that one dollar turned into seventy seven thousand dollars. Not and that study, that's like a how many year study? Uh, well, that or like it, how the what time, time frame? frame is from nineteen twenty eight until two thousand and eighteen. You know my favorite like little excerpt of that time frame that we yeah. also show in the same kind of uh, education piece mm-hmm. is the lost decade, right? Right. And you have a great story of that one because that's when you started in the business, sort of. And I. Right. I love the numbers when you go the same exact uh, asset class comparison, like U.S. Yeah. only versus global. Yeah. So if that's you take worth an S&P 500 portfolio during the last decade, it's down 9% over a 10-year period. Down if, 9%? Down 9 What are the years on that one, the two, last decade? That was two started in 2008 till... Um, uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. It's 2000 to 2008. Yeah. So you remember that time, right? Didn't you start in the business? Yeah, then? <laughs> it, was, it was right when I was starting. So you had a 10-year period where if you were in U.S. stocks... On only U.S. stocks, you were down ten percent over a ten-year period. That's tough to. Withstand. How did you survive that personally? Um, it was it was an interesting time to try and build a business. Um, fortunately, I was globally diversified and whatnot. But if you look at a globally diversified portfolio, and by that we mean you not only have U.S. stocks, but you have international stocks and emerging market stocks, and, and large and mid and small caps, all sizes value and of growth. Companies. Value and growth. If you look at the same time, your portfolio was up sixty percent. Not down nine. It was actually up sixty. How how hard is it to to properly diversify across those dimensions of those measurable dimensions of returns that we just kind of like threw out there real quick? I mean, is uh, that a hard thing for someone to do? 
maybe an individual to do it and then have a discipline wrapped around it, it can be tricky, right? It doesn't take a you know master's degree to figure out how to get diversification and allocation. What's hard is wrapping that all together and then maintaining it and staying put in that philosophy. So we'll talk a lot more about that. The show today, Financial Detox, it's all about performance. If you don't know what your performance is, and you would like help determining what it is, we can help you. We have daily reconciled reconciled performance for our clients. Our clients can know what their performance is up to the day, any day of the year, any day of the week. And uh, we can also help you if your advisor is not showing you that information. So we invite you to give us a call at 877-707-8889. That's 877-707-8889. It's Financial Detox. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. It's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram with Alex Klingen-Smith, your hosts of Financial Detox. We're the intelligence, or we're the Financial Detox team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. Happy to be with you this week, and we're talking about performance. Great time to talk about it too, Alex. Good show topic because we've had some radical volatility last week. Yeah. Um, volatility is normal. We did a uh, presentation and had some information that's out on our website available for you if you go to financialdetox.com or if you go to idawealth.com. Either one of those work. But um, you can get some of our information on volatility. And we took our clients through a few slides and, and presentations and just historic evidence. We're on to video. Put it in, we are on video. Whoa. To put it into context because we start to think after long periods of uh, steady inc- uh, increases in the market that, that maybe that's supposed to be normal. And it's just not. Volatility is, in fact, normal. And markets move from peak to trough on average of about 14% every single year. So at some point during the average year, the markets are down 14% from where they were at some point during that same year. Yeah. That's crazy. So when we move 2 or 3% and people totally freak out, um, you know, maybe they shouldn't be if they take it in the right context. But anyway, we're here to help you understand this. We're here to help you get detoxified so you think clearly. And we're not talking about the health detox, obviously, although financial detox is a great play upon that. But the point is we have toxic financial information that is poured onto us every single day, whether it's from your phone, the news, um, a, a, a whole bunch of different sources, chatting with friends. And what we're trying to do is break that down and get you to focus on the things that are uh, – the truth that are transparent, that are that are accurate, that are evidenced, that are data driven, and so detoxify your thinking with regards to your personal finances and help you make better decisions. One of the things you just said, I want to validate everybody listening, right, and, and ourselves included in this, because there's this twenty three thousand uh, person investor survey, Study, which we're talking a little yeah. bit about today, right? So there's a question that was asked. It says, "Where else do you go for advice or ideas about your savings and investments?" So where else, meaning other than your advisor, right? And so thirty five percent of these, the sample size is twenty three thousand, and these right. are people that have arguably some of the best advisors in the, in the country by structure, by how they operate as fiduciaries is what I mean. But I, I can't speak to the performance or their personalities, but so 35% of these people, of these clients that have advisors, right. said they only go to their advisor. That's only one third. The other two thirds openly admitted they have other places. And, and I'm saying this, it made me think about it while you were talking because 
the, the toxic information of the media, um, which we talk about a lot. And we say but, we're classic because we're on the media and we're talking about how the toxic information of the media. It's pretty funny. Well, but, but better <laughs> defined so you know what we're thinking or what at least I can't, I don't know what you're thinking, but I know what I'm thinking. <laughs> when I, I when I talk about this, I, I talk about it in a way because we have clients that work for the media and I want to be respectful of their professions yeah. and their passions and their goals and their, you know, they love what they do and they're very good at it. Yep. The, the people that work for the media, you can hear me right now saying this, this is what I feel. Um, your job is to is to uh, uh, you know gather information and disseminate it to masses of people right. and to and to sell that idea as something that is important right now and so that's really that's really exciting. Um, investing isn't maybe so exciting when it's done in a prudent fashion uh, and so and also it's very personal because a personal financial plan is just that. So right. advice given by the media is not going to help you make a, take action on your personal financial situation. No. So the media is doing its job. We're doing our job. We can all be in the same world together and yeah, coexist. Well, it is because right. if you want to gather the big picture information, the media is going to give you all great. If you turn on CNBC or Fox Business News, you're going to see points like, hey, invest now. This is the best time to be yeah. invested. You're going to see get out of the market now. It's time to get out of the market. There's- 33% was... the the openly admitted that have advisors, the good kind, I, I say good kind, that's compliance wouldn't like that word, but the fiduciary kind, 33% say admitted on the survey, they get advice from the media. So not just their advisor, right. 30, 35% they said they do their own research online, which I like that more. That's kind of how I am. I don't, I don't watch the news. You've yeah, known this about me. The problem is the, um, I read the there's news, a but. cognitive bias that exists when you research on the internet. What are you talking about? And, I only want to see what I want to see. <laughs> right. And so what happens is when you search for a particular topic, you can find anything, all right? So you could go online and say, is is Diet Coke really bad for you? And you could find articles saying, no, it's not that bad. And then if you wanted to find articles that said it's terrible, you could find articles. So you can form yeah. your own statistics. Uh, you can, can gra- gather your data in, in whatever fashion you want and have a total cognitive bias. So I don't think... Unfortunately, searching on the internet, it used to be that there was so much um, need for information. You could go to certain people, great advisors, great brokers back at the time, and you could read a great research report and you would get information. Nowadays, you have so much information, it's almost distracting and it's polluting. It's AKA, it's toxic. And so you have to filter that information and find out what is actually useful. Who wrote this? Why did they write it? What credibility do they have? How does it pertain to me right now? Yeah, how does it actually pertain to me and me achieving my purpose and goals? So I think it's cool though that people listening should know that they're not alone. Alone and doing this right, so that that always makes me feel better. When I'm like, am I the only person that does this? Like, you're the only one. Thirty of only thirty five percent, only maybe in some situations, but if thirty five percent of people only go to their advisor, the other people are openly admitting. The other sixty five percent are saying, I actually go and. Uh, the question was, where else do you go for advice or ideas about your savings and investments? I, I think it's nice to know that other people are doing this. What do you do with that information? Well, right. this is the next question that I think is a great follow up question in the survey. When you do connect with your advisor, right, right. What is the percentage of time that you want to spend in each of the following areas? And so the, the areas are on my investments, number one. Number yep. two, current market and economic conditions. Number three, progress towards my goals. And number four is personal non-financial matters. And guess what number one was? What? My investments. Right. Performance. So let's talk about your performance then. Let's get to these actionable items. 41% right? of the time in our, our client reviews, they want to talk about performance. Right. They're sa- people are saying they want to do this. How right. much of it, how much of the time do you think we're actually we collectively you know 
as advisors, as a, as advisor or? community, how much of that meeting do you think you spend on? That I think topic? some advisors spend a hundred percent and that's a problem. And, and some advisors avoid it altogether and that's a problem. But I, I think again, given that we're trying to help our listeners and detoxify the general public and investors and individuals with how to think about performance. So let's get to the, what matters, right? What matters? Why do they care? All right. Why do they care about, or what's in it for them? What should they Progress do? Progress towards action? their goals. Right. Which was only 29% versus the 41. So, so and then what is investment performance, right? So when you calculate performance, there's one thing to be, I think that comes up all the time, surprisingly so to me, is clients, I'll, I'll give them their performance. We'll look at it on the screen together. We'll look at it. And they always ask, or what about the money I've taken out? And I, I respond by saying any good performance reporting would be net of contributions and withdrawals. Performance reporting is taking the original dollar you had invested minus any contributions, minus any withdrawals. You got to net those out because additions to your portfolio can't and should not count as performance no, or gains. Excluded, yeah. Just like withdrawals from your portfolio should not count as losses. And your performance should also be, as we calculate it, net of our fee. So if we charge to help manage money, you should know what your performance is. I believe net of our fee because our performance gross of your fee is not really performance, right? I mean, our performance gross of your fee is a number. Then we take our fee out. So I think that advisors should be representing their performance net after their fee and expense as well. So we got to keep going on this. It's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram in studio with... Uh, Alex Klingensmith. There you go. We're talking about performance. What's my name? What's my name? Don't wear it out. (laughs) We're talking about the truth about performance, and we're trying to help you decipher what is performance, how does it matter. First of all, Alex has cited a study. Basically, performance is important. You think it's important. If you're driving down the road right now and you're listening to our show or you're wherever you are, it it is important to you because we've sampled 23,000 people and they say it's important. Um, And it should be. We're, we're agreeing with that premise that it should be important because performance does matter. And what's amazing to me is when you look at Alex, the performance and you look at, you know, one, one or two or three percent difference a year in performance has a dramatic effect over the long term on yeah. somebody's results. So performance does matter. And whether or not you as an investor make mistakes behavioral blunders or your advisor makes behavioral blunders and detracts from your performance by just a little bit, it's going to have a profound effect on your ability to create and or preserve wealth. It does matter. You should be talking about it with your advisor and or you should be uh, looking at your performance if you're doing this on your own. Number one, we talked about what performance is. We talked about that a little bit last segment, right? Yep. Um, And it's basically finding out the net after expenses, after contributions, after withdrawals, how much did your investments change in value? Annualized. You, you missed the annual. Yes. You were going to say that maybe, but. Maybe, but you also have to take into account the dividends and the interest because that's return, right? One of the big uh, mistakes that people make is they'll look at, let's say, a fixed income investment, a bond investment, and they'll look at the amount they originally invested. And five years later, they look at the amount they have and it's the same. And they're like, this thing's terrible. I've never made money because they're looking at the maybe capital gains or loss statement. And the capital gain or loss on the premium, the original amount, the principal amount invested hasn't changed. 
However, the whole time you've been receiving interest and the return is actually your interest because you don't buy a fixed income investment, a bond investment to go up in value most of the time, just generally speaking, you buy it for the interest. But I've had multiple clients, I've had multiple advisors look at a particular position and say, oh man, this thing's terrible. Why would we own this? And I'm like, well, the performance on it's been phenomenal. And they say, no, look at my gain loss. I'm looking right here at my gain loss. I mean, I've had countless clients do that. So really important that you don't mistake capital gains, gain or loss for performance reporting. It is not performance reporting. All it's showing you is the original investment and today's investment doesn't take into account. So when you look at your interest. statements, your monthly statements from your custodian, Schwab, Fidelity, and you whoever, look at gain loss, that is not well, performance reporting. When you look at the statement period, all you're looking at is activity. You're not looking at performance, right? I mean, there are some times some statements will show the beginning value, dividends, interest, yeah. you know, increase in value of investments, decrease in value of investments. There you're getting into some actual performance reporting. Yeah. But it's really important. There's two types too. There's time weighted, there's dollar weighted. You need to understand what performance reporting you're looking at because this is an area that is complex to get accurate performance reporting and it is often very confusing for clients. That's all the time we can spend on it. Let's keep going. I think here's a big one that I think is worth talking about as we have a couple more minutes here is, you know, what is the right way to define the performance and compare it? What is the benchmark? Not the Dow when you said 700 yeah, points. Yeah, so look, if I, have a, if I have a portfolio where that a lot of... 55, 65, 70-year-old clients have that maybe has 60% equities and 40% bonds, you should not compare that portfolio to the S&P 500 because it's not even close to the same thing. It has 40% of the portfolios in bonds which is a completely different asset It's not asset supposed class. to be the same thing. It's not supposed to be. It's intentionally designed that way to have lower volatility because you don't need the rate of return, whatever the reason being. But it's intentionally designed to not be like that. So that is like getting behind the wheel of a Ford Focus and your buddy's behind the wheel of a Bugatti uh, and you're going to race and see which one's faster and then saying, well, the Ford Focus is terrible. Well, no, the Ford Focus is a great value for a vehicle that you want to get around town in and have good gas mileage and so on and so forth. So it's a terrible comparison to port to compare your portfolio against the wrong benchmark. How do you know what's the right benchmark? Well, first of all, you need to know what's your allocation. How is my money allocated? And the way we like to do it is we take the allocation that the client has in every single asset class, and then we compare to the biggest, broadest, most substantial benchmark that represents or tracks as closely to each of those asset classes, and it's called a customized blended index. So it's a customized blended index that matches the client's allocation with all the pieces of the market, not just the US large cap market, S&P, Dow, and NASDAQ, all pieces of the market put together to match their portfolio. And now we can say, how are we doing versus the benchmark? Now we have an accurate way to perform and uh, to compare performance and say, are we providing value to this client? Are we helping them extract the returns that are available in the marketplace? Are we helping them pull those out and put those in their pocket? 
Yeah, I think you got to take us up on number one, our portfolio challenge. We'll help you dissect the performance you've had in your portfolio, particularly if we get the last 12 months or 24 month statement, we can show you given all the changes or changes that have happened in your portfolio, how you have actually performed. So we can do that for you. We'll compare it to a portfolio that we would build for you, give you an outline of a financial plan, and you're going to have some clarity and probably financial peace of mind that you have not had in a long time. That's what the financial detox team and intelligence driven advisors is all about. It's financialdetox.com. We invite you to check us out and learn more. We'll be here every single week on KCBQ, the answer AM 1170 or FM 96.1 Saturdays at 1.30. Thanks for listening. As always, it's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram. And Alex Klansmith. And we'll, we'll catch you next week. That's financialdetox.com. To learn more about Financial Detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for Financial Detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind. This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labrum and intelligence-driven advisors are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labrum and his guests as of the date of the show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors' financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.